everybody. This is your boy, John, and with me, as always, is Matt. What's going on? And so today's episode is now going to be about the xenomorph, or really the alien. So it's the second part to our alien versus, well, I guess really the alien and predator series that we're doing. And really, we're going to be going over just kind of like the first episode that we just did. Um, really going over the like the origin, going over the the different, I would get, I would say like subcategories of the alien itself. Um, you know, some of the appearances and stuff like that, and then like kind of the the media and you know some of the you know dislikes and likes about the you know the character itself, and you know maybe like some of the other. Um, you know, games that you, you might see it in different, um, media as well. But anyways, um, again, I'm going to mention this again. I've never, I will say that alien, I've really haven't like watched as much as predator. Like, of course I've watched like predator, but alien, I haven't really seen as much. I mean, I remember like, you know, certain scenes from like the very first one where it's like Sigourney Weaver, like that famous, you know, kind of scene. Yeah, but like the yeah. we'll talk about it, but like the chest burster, you know, like coming out of the person's chest and like he goes ah, you know, it screams and like you know freaks everyone out in that room. But that was actually pretty good, John. Like that was that would have ah, you know, like. <laughs> but you know, again, I mean, Matt definitely knows. I'm gonna say probably significantly more about this than I would, but I mean, again, I will of course add my little commentary to it. But realistically, he is the SME on this. You know, I will. You know, of course kind of jump in here and there kind of like be like you guys listening in and kind of like making sure I know what's going on and hopefully you guys will too because I'm not a you know big sci-fi and, and like when it comes to this kind of category you know like there's certain things I can watch but me personally this is a this is a little far-fetched for me yeah I mean my you know growing up what I did I mean my first experience seeing you know aliens was watching this movie and at the time like I didn't know there like this was a sequel you know what I mean like which is kind of funny when you think about it because you know the first movie is alien and the second movie they added an s to it yeah so they just made it plural it's like you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah. it's alien aliens and like, I mean yeah the first you know the first movie only had one singular alien in it and the the second movie had aliens in it, so it makes sense. But <laughs> but it's, it, it's not very imaginative. No, I mean it's pretty, it's like the writers were like, you know what? This is the title, Alien. Yeah, Aliens. Oh, that's what it's about. Okay, and then it's, of course it's like the total different like perspective on like what an alien is supposed to look like. It has nothing to do with you know what we would normally think of like let's say Martians or something like that kind of like alien. No, this like. When we talk about the appearance, it's not even even remotely close to what we would even think about, you know, looking at like an alien itself yeah. or something like that. But, um, and we're not, I mean, we're not going to get into some of the actual themes of the character design that the actual oh. <laughs> creators were, were actually talking about. Yeah. That one is, you can read between the lines, I think, with, with a lot of these you know, different variations of, of alien life cycles with what's going on. But yeah, there's very, um, I would say, sexual themology with what's going on with the alien life form. Yeah, and I will say that 
when Matt told me about that, I was like, these guys, when they created this, it was they were uh, out of their right mind. Like to kind of gross, yes. Yeah. Anyways, so John, what what exactly is a xenomorph? Well, it's an extraterrestrial, as we all know, right? And it's definitely not a character. Right. So yeah, like you know, like the last episode, Predator is not it doesn't explain a character. It's a race or a species. Right. And this is the same, you know, kind of thing. It a xenomorph or the alien isn't a character, it's a species. Right. And and so when we're, you know, going about this, it's it's making sure you guys understand like it's not just like a character in a story. It's more like, okay, we're talking about a whole, you know, race of species, you know, and like what they, you know, like, like the origin of them and, and making sure you understand, like, it's not just one, it's, it's now multiple. Um, and so with the aliens, they're not, they're actually, they're not sapient toolmakers. Actually, what, what is sapient? Like, I don't like, like, they're not like sentient beings like oh, that are so like, that like you smart. and I, they're not like, you know, like tool makers. They're, they're not like a technological, like civilization. Okay. So yeah, they're not, they're not as advanced, I guess, as, as like, let's say the predator would be in the, in that regard. Correct. But, Correct. Um, so really it's more, they're more like, uh, it'd be like cavemen in a sense where like they're primal, you know, they're using, like certain, I would say more animalistic. Like they're more, I guess if you were to say like maybe dinosaurs, like more yeah. like more yeah. like that. Like they're more primal and and predatory creatures. Well, um, then then that's where I would have thought like predator would have been like okay if that's really the case. So then predators are more like the cavemen in some aspects where they but they advance in time where these guys are just like. Okay, we're the dinosaurs. We don't really know what we're doing, and we're kind of, you know, evolving as we go, but not really like advancing in the technology that they have. Yeah, I mean, Predator. Yes, they have. I mean, Predator has technology, you know, and they definitely can. You know, they have ships. They definitely have. You know, so I don't. I, I think they're a little bit more advanced than the cavemen are. So well, they they do have a. You know. Well, I mean, I was just saying as a, like an example, not like so much. Yeah. Yeah. That they're like that primal um, that they don't advance, but I think for for xenomorphs, they're more preservation and propagation of their own species, and it's like kind of any means necessary. Yeah, so I mean, they're they're basically just trying to survive, and they're trying to reproduce their their species as a whole instead of just like. And they have no problem with eliminating everything in their path, right? Without remorse or anything, like they don't care. They're just like completely primal. Right. So again, they're just trying to reproduce. They're trying to survive. They're just trying to be that that species. Like they're trying to just yeah. make sure they're still around. But um, I mean, it's interesting about them that you know they're it kind of like looking at this a little bit more. But like the the parasite, you know, they they just like infect you know people, and they just basically like we were just talking about like reproducing. Like it's more of a it's more like insects. You know, it's like if you look at the like the ants, right? So, you know, they have like the workers, they have a, you know, like certain kind of categories of like the different ants, but of course the ultimate is like the queen, right? You know, and they want to protect it. But, you know, like these guys, you know, it, it's kind of similar to that. And then like they, you know, they, they basically like 
intermingle with each other. So it's like incest with, you know, the queen really. So like they, they all, you know, well, kind of like keep going. The, the queen can is independently lays her own eggs. They're like they, the, the other aliens don't necessarily impregnate the queen. Well, no, no. The, the, the queen independently lays the eggs. Well, yes. Which is interesting in itself. Right. I mean, and, and these guys are just more like, okay, we're going to find you a host. And then we're gonna we're gonna keep going with the the natural cycle of like how we can reproduce and do with all that stuff, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, as we kind of go into it a little bit more, I know the you know the life cycle is kind of interesting because I know we're gonna talk about like the subset of the different aliens and like the you know what makes them like the species they are. So like. For example, they have like the larva or the eggs, you know, and they have like the chest bursters, you know, and they have the the face huggers and, you know, so forth, you know, and they do different things that, you know, have different functions in this case, right? right? And so it's the um it's this like whole process, but it it's interesting cuz now I'm looking at it too is the it only takes hours to you know, really get these, you know, to basically create a new alien you know, from scratch. So it's crazy that, you know, let's say within a day, you can have a full on alien, but then the, of course you need to have like the face hugger and you need to have the chest burster and you need to have the egg. And you know, like there's so much that goes involved into it, but it only takes a matter of hours to right. like literally recreate a, another, you know, alien species. So it, it's, it's weird because like, you know, realistically it's like, you know, a human baby, right? It takes nine months. Like this is saying, oh, okay. In one day, boom, there we go. We're good now. Let's keep, let's keep making the process, you know, from yeah. happening and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's really weird. And it, and it's weird because this actually goes over, you know, how aliens are really made. They don't really go over that in predator. They don't really like talk about the, yeah, the, in part, they make, yeah, it, they're not really I mean? talking about how they're. I'm assuming they're born, but we don't, you know, we don't know. We don't know that, we but I know. mean, that's why we'd want to have a movie. But yeah, so yeah, I guess uh, you know, just going over their general appearance. Um, I will say, it depends too for this the host that they, you know, the face hugger does actually implant in. Um, like if they implant in a dog most likely that alien will walk on all fours because that they're going to take on the characteristics of the host. Right. So that genetic, you know, material that they're taking. So like, right. Right. So if, like, no offense, Bucky, but like, if they said, Hey, I'm going to impregnate, you know, a dog. It's going to have really short legs. It's going <laughs> yeah, to have really short legs in that sense. But I mean, it's not going to be as effective, but like, let's say if you go after like a bear, then okay, then yeah, you're going to. Right. Yeah. It's going to be a lot. Of um, so, you know, overall stance and general behavior, you know, is, like I said, it's a mixture of the embryo and its host. So they have, it's a very like skeletal, you know, skeletal um, biomechanical appearance. It's, it's usually like they've been shown like kind of black, grayish, like in color. Yeah. It's, it's very like, they're very creepy looking. Well, it's weird too when I'm looking at them is they have no eyes. They they, they actually a, do, and I'll get there, but okay. they actually do. Okay, well, I don't definitely see it, but, like, the weird part about them, too, is, like, they're, it's like their teeth. Like, it's yes. that weird, like, they have really white teeth, and it it almost looks like, like they have big old canines, 
and that just like protruding a little bit, but it's like they almost have like a a weird human smile in some creepy way. Like I, I don't know how to describe it, but like if you ever if you guys never seen it, like if you take a look at it, it's it I mean, personally a predator is more scary, but I mean if you saw that and you saw it smile, like it's still creepy as hell. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, watching, you know, aliens if I saw, you know, a few hundred of these crawling all over the all over the place coming at me, these things would creep me the heck out. Oh yeah, no. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't be anywhere near this by any means. So, yeah, they're they're usually, you know, like black, gray, you know, they can be like a bluish bronze um in in color. Um the interesting thing is their body heat matches the ambient temperature of the environment which they're found. So, they don't radiate heat. And this is one of the things, you know, we kind of touched on briefly in the last episode. You know, they if you look at a, an alien through, like, thermal imaging, you're not going to see them because they don't radiate heat. So that's kind of, like, one of the interesting things about, about them. Right, kind of like what we talked about in the last episode where, you know, predators using that ability to, you know, see their, you know, their prey. And so and this is why, in some ways... They have to use different technology to get. And I think that's where they see like the old, I think it's either ultraviolet or infrared where they, I think they appear blue Okay. in, in whatever the vision they're using. They, they, they turn up blue. It's probably, it's got to do with the ultraviolet. I think. Yeah. Um, so in most of the films, the, the aliens are capable of like running and crawling along, you know, ceilings, walls, and other hard surfaces. They also are, fairly strong, you know, creatures and they can, you know, bend metal. They've been, you know, able to pry open doors. Um, and the tail that they have is actually pretty strong too. So it, it, being able to just like open a duct crawling, you know, in there and getting, you know, to different places within, you know, in that, in aliens, you know, they started in a ship, but then they were on this kind of, planetary um i don't know what you call it their head you know headquarter you know uh, okay like a base facility like, yeah um but these things were crawling in the air ducts they they were getting from one side to the other and it's not like they were just like walking around you know out in the open like these things were snatching people from out of literally nowhere i mean and that's why you know that it, it they're basically a parasite i mean they just They'll do whatever it, it takes to just get the the end result, really. Yeah, yeah. And talking about the tails, the the tails are like almost like spines, where they're they're segmented tails, where they can move them in different shapes. You know, like it's not just like you know like a dog's tail; it's just one piece. Oh, so you could so they have the ability to bend it and like certain so it's like it's like taking a snake. Like several bends, yes. So they can bend it several times. It all it does have, you know, a blade at the end of the tail and it has kind of like a scorpion like barb at the end. So from aliens and the future movies, the people that were making the aliens actually did increase the size of the blade that was on the end of the tail. Oh, uh, okay. Um but they, you know, they do use the tail a lot in the in the movies as like one of the primary weapons for attack. Well, and that would make sense. I mean, if that's something that they're going to use against, you know, their, you know, 
their enemies or their whatever, like to basically like a survival instinct. It's it's you know it's it's going to be yeah. used for their own advantage. And you know, in- interestingly enough, like in one of the you know AVP movies, it actually impales a predator and lifts them up in the air. So if that tells you how strong that tail is. Yeah, I mean, again, like if you saw hundreds of these things, I'm I'm all set, man. I'd be yeah. running the other way, but um, they ha- they have elongated cylindrical skulls, and they do have eyes kind of underneath the visor. So the the, s- oh, okay. the skulls that they have, um, it's more or less like underneath like this visor that they have. So if that- you if you do picture like where their mouth is. The skull kind of goes over the top, and then the eyes are just underneath that. So, so that was the thing. I actually didn't know that was a visor. I actually thought that was like part of their their whole body. Like I didn't realize that like that actually can it come up. It well, if you think more of like an insect, okay. right? How they have like the that kind of some insects have that outer shell. That's what yeah. I would assume. So, if you were to pull it off, like you would, you would kind of pull off the skin. Oof. You know what I mean? So it, it is part of, of them. Okay. It's not like, you know, they're wearing a space helmet. <laughs> no, I, you know yeah, what I mean? I understand <laughs> what you're saying, but I just didn't think it was like part of their skin. I, if that was the case, I just would have thought like it was like a, like a visor that just covers their eyes and they could just like kind of like push it up as they please. But I guess that's not really the. No. So there's a novelization of Alien and the character Ash. Um, and if you haven't seen the movie, it's, I believe, from 79, if I'm not mistaken, which is the year I was Oh, born. I was going to ask. I was that? like, wow, that's cool. Um, so the character Ash is actually, in the movie, he's an android. Um, spoiler alert. Um, but anyways, the character Ash speculates that xenomorphs see by way of electrical impulse. So they don't see like we do. Um, they see electrical impulses. Okay. That's a weird concept, but okay. I mean, and that's, you know, obviously he's a, you know, robotic scientist from Wayland Corp and he's speculating that's how they see. Right. So, I mean, he doesn't quite know, but he would have to study more. He doesn't quite know, but, you know, as human beings and, you know, any kind of living creature, we all give off distinct electrical signals. Which, okay. if they can see that, so it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like what the predator, you know, I guess in some ways like using echolocation, you know, to kind of like determine like where that, you know, that prey or really like what where their, um, you know, enemy is or whatever the case is, but like kind of giving off that same like sound frequency, but in this case more electrical, you know, kind of frequencies in a sense where it it just says, oh, okay, well now I can see that there's there's something right there. Instead yeah. of just like, there's nothing. So it, you know, it wouldn't necessarily see your physical form, but it would see that something's there. Th- there is an electrical impulse or signal in this area. And this is why we're not scientists, but yes. And, you know, being able to see this, it would instantly tell me I have to attack you um, or, you know, do other things, which we get into pretty soon. Um and that's kind of what, you know, when I get into the whole, you know, resin part, it'll, it'll make much more sense. Um, but like you were saying about the teeth, you know, they do have an outer set of teeth. But what's interesting is they actually have an inner set of jaws. 
that actually protrude out and it's actually powerful enough to smash through bone and metal and, and that's why i don't really want to be near one because <laughs> i'd be like i'm good and then i'm not mistaken too like when they open their mouth a little tiny version and of itself well that's the that, that's the inner the inner set of of yeah, Teeth. it's it's like it's yeah. like basically you take them and then you just like add this like little guy that comes right out of their mouth and that's basically what it is coming after you and and that's what I mean that's why I was like that it, it is creepy it's, yeah it's basically like an inner set of jaws and again they use that as a weapon and they literally can it's it's more of like it darts right out and it can literally pierce bone and metal it almost looks like it's like if they can like it. I don't even know how to describe it. It really just looks like a tongue, or like a like our version of a tongue, but just like a mini alien in their mouth. Yeah, with an extra set yeah. of jaws coming right at you. Like yeah. I, that's the best. Really, it's it's really creepy it. looking. Um, so the last few things, you know, we we if if there's one thing that we all know about, you know, the xenomorphs, it's their blood, and it's their blood is basically an acid that can corrode pretty much almost anything on contact. It's a dull like yellow color and inside their bodies it seems to be contained like it doesn't affect them in the way like when it comes out like it will you know like in the ship it literally melted through every floor and they had to like chase this blood dripping to can literally contain it because it was good, it was like literally they were afraid it was going to melt through the hull, right? And basically, if they're in outer space, and yeah, there you go, there you go, and they they would get sucked out, <laughs> sucked out into Which, outer space. That sucks. I mean, yeah. yeah, and that's you know that's the thing with their blood is like, um, it's kind of pressurized inside their bodies, and it doesn't seem to bother them, and unless it comes out. And I think in one, I think it's AVP. Um, one of the, the, the surviving predator, I guess, gives, I don't know her name in the movie, but basically like cuts off the, the top part of the skull and gives it to the female, um, lady as oh. like a kind of a shield. Okay. And he was showing her cause you know, obviously he, again, like we said, he doesn't speak English. So he was showing her, like he cut off a part of the tail and put the blood on the skull and was showing her like the blood doesn't corrode the skull. Uh, so, oh, she, oh, oh. so she okay. can, you know, she fashioned like this, you know, kind of blade on a, on a pole, kind of a weapon. Okay. So she can kind of use this skull to block any potential, you know, acid blood. So just so I'm clear, a predator showed a human th all this information. Right. Cause I think, what had happened was in the movie she had proven herself as a warrior uh, oh and 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 i think like he was like okay i will instead of killing you you've proven yourself to be one of us like you've proven yourself in battle so we will you know i will you know help you survive survive instead of killing you because you're you know a challenge to me that's kind so of that, weird but yeah but that's why, you know, he he was showing, you know, fashioned the weapon. Because the weapon that she had was actually the tip of the tail. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. And the skull of the alien head. Interesting. So, um, 
Aliens can also produce a thick, strong resin that they use to build their hives and cocoon victims. Um, They also use it to, you know, kind of make the walls of the hives as camouflage. So when you watch aliens, you know, you'll kind of see there's a part of that building that starts to look very different. And it's because like that resin that they produce, you know, basically they've formed it and made it like different looking. Well, yeah. I mean, it's more of like a, a countermeasure, really. I mean, it's more like it allows them to, you know, it, it gives them places to hide because it, it's actually a dark color like them. Well, I mean, yeah, but I was going to say, like, you know, during the daytime, I mean, it probably would be obvious to know, like, that's not really a good camouflage point. But, like, if it's dark, absolutely. It's probably going to be, like, one of the best things you can hide in. Well, I mean, I think the whole movie was dark anyways. But uh, Well, I'm just saying in general. Though, yes. But, um, but primarily they, they did use it to, you know, they would capture humans, use this resin to basically stick them up on the wall. They would, you know, use the face huggers, and the face huggers would attach to the humans that were stuck to the wall, and the humans would basically sit there as human cocoons, while the chest bursters would, you know, the embryos would grow inside of them. Right. And they're completely immobilized in this, you know, resin cocoon. Right, and then basically, again, reproducing the whole... Reproducing, you know, and then, you know, the chest burster comes out of the chest. In a couple hours, there's another full adult, and they're kind of repeating this procedure. Right, so it's like an endless supply of the the same species all over again, but yeah. The last thing, and it's kind of, I think they just kind of used it as a vehicle for the movie. Um, They produce this really sticky, clear slime... You know, from the movie, like when you see, you know, some of the scenes with like Sigourney Weaver and the alien faces right next to her and, the, you know, you have the, the mouth opening up and the, the lips quivering. You see that like really gross, clear, like jelly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Stuff coming out like it's not like a toxic substance. And it was more like a suspense building device that they've kind of used. To make the mouth, I think, look moist. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. to make the alien look like it was drooling and well, it's like saliva falling. It, it's kind of like if um, you know, when dogs like if they get or like wolves like they get the you know the really you know kind of aggressive growls and they hit like they start drooling a little bit and they're like, okay, I'm ready to like come at you, but like I'm waiting for that right moment to. Kind of like a tag. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's that same kind of concept where it's like, okay, I'm allowing you to see me and I'm ready to come at you, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to make you feel that fear first. And then I'm going to come after you and and build that, you know, fear, which I think is probably kind of useful for them because if they're, you know, if they're in fear, they're not going to, they're, they're flight and, I can't even speak. The flight and fight response is going to be so out of whack that they're they're not going to know what to do in that moment. So that's more of an advantage to them. Yeah, and there's other scenes like in those movies where you know you'll have the characters like touching a wall or something, and like they'll pull their hand back, and there's like that sticky goo, and they're like, "Oh, what is this stuff?" You know, it's that's like that saliva that's from the mouth. Hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of like that really gross like. 
Oh, what is this? <laughs> like, I don't know what this is all of a sudden. Um, yeah, and I know I'm going to go into the, the intelligence of these so-called aliens or xenomorphs. So it's interesting that they, they really know how to use, like, basically they're, they're really good at, like, adapting to their environment and, like, observing what is necessary to kind of overcome that situation. So it's like, they may not be smart, but they actually know how to, you know, be resilient and like learn how to, you know, get over, like basically make it, you know, in their favor, really. I mean, really just to like overcome that situation. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like if somebody, you know, I'm not saying like a jack of all trades, but like somebody that, you know, studies somebody for so long and then they're like, all right, I already know the weakness. You know, it's like that, that one person that can just like, okay, yep, I already, it's like, um, it's like Sherlock Holmes. I know it's kind of weird, but like studying and knowing exactly what the next move is or like predicting it, it's this like predictability that they kind of like they have, which for a species that isn't that like, you know, smart in the head, basically, it's surprising that they can use that ability to their advantage in, the, in like situations like that. Yeah. And it, I think it's very, you know, observational. And the way that they learn, you know, and the way that they can problem solve it, you know, it'd be like being stuck in a room and then you see somebody, you know, enter the room, they grab something and then they leave the room and you're like, how did they just leave the room? I, I've been stuck in here for, for hours. And then you, you know, you watch them as they leave the room and you go, oh, they must have did, you know, and then you go to the door and, you know, oh, they must have did, the, you know. And I think that for Alien, like, that must be, like, the biggest thing for them is, like, they're, I wouldn't assume that they would be, like, full-out attack right out of the gate. They would probably lie in wait for their prey to do something, watch what they're doing, pounce on them, and then when they go to the next one, they've already learned from the last person or what other people have done. Yeah, and then you know it, what I mean, like yeah. picking up things here and there. I mean, it, it, you can also like if you're talking about like animalistic, you know, characteristics. I mean, that's like what you just almost described as like a cheetah, like waiting to like pounce on their prey, waiting to see what they're doing first. It, or it's like it's basically like recon. It's it's just a simple, you know, I'm going to learn what they're going to do. I'm going to study their habits. I'm going to do all these things. And you're, it, it's just preparation. It's, it's like the simple thing, but they're just doing it at a, I, I would say at a higher rate where. Yeah. I mean, I do think I at know. a certain level, you know, yeah, their intelligence gets outweighed by eventually sheer numbers. Well, yeah, yeah no, of course, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, the more that have learned this experience, yeah. the more that they can kind of adapt together. But um, I did not know this, but the fact that they have the ability to operate machinery at a very basic level. I mean, are we talking like they're going to get into a car and start driving or are we talking like No, I you know, think like opening a door. I, or... I think like if they, you know, and this is very observational learning, but I think if they had seen say somebody turn a machine on, okay. You know, very basic like you turn you they push that, you know, yellow button. And I don't know if they can see the yellow button, but maybe because they see through electrical pulses, they can see, you know, that thing turns something on and they can turn something on. And, you know, maybe 
through trial and error, they go to that machine and can turn it on. Yeah, I mean... And it's more, you know, maybe they use it more of a distraction. I don't know if they're going to be like, hey, you need your mo- your lawn mode? I can go, you know... Well, no, you know, I'm they, not saying they're going to have a simple conversation, but like, you know... You know, I think they might like turn a machine on and as a distraction. Yeah. To, to make, you know, make somebody... And this would be where the uh, that observational learning comes in. Because then you would have us humans go, what was that? And now we're all distracted. And now if there are other, you know, aliens around, that gives them that open opportunity to pounce on us. We're, we're not now paying attention because we're focusing on this stupid machine that just turned on. Well, right. And then I'm going to also like counter this too, is they also, the fact that they're also known to kill their own to then, you know, escape. So they're, they're willing to sacrifice themselves because they know that they can create more if they have, you know, hosts and everything else. But it, it's like they don't they really don't care about even sometimes their own species. Well, this was an interesting scene cuz they actually knew that their blood was acid. Well then, well then so that's pretty smart then to know that. That was like that's where the interesting part of that comes in because they knew that the blood was acid, which is why they kind of sacrificed one of their own because they knew it would melt the enclosure that they were kept in. Well, and like we just said like if if they just keep creating more aliens by doing the whole life cycle, I mean, you can have an, literally a whole army yeah, within a day or less than that, really. I mean, you can, we're talking like, let's say 12 hours or something like that. I mean, they can have multiple, you know, aliens running around if they just, if there's like, let's say 20 humans, guess what? Now they can change every one of them to be aliens and be like, all right, well, cool. We can just yeah. sacrifice one of you and we can get the heck out of here. And, you know, the last, the last thing, it's similar to the, you know, the aliens killing their own, you know, the, the queen, you know, one of the queens actually did this same thing to free itself because, you know, the alien was actually kept chained up and it cut the tail and flicked the blood from the tail to free itself from the chains. Now, do they have, like, regenerative powers? Or are they just, like, once it's done, it's done? I would think once it's done, it's done. Because there's a, you know, there's another scene. Um, I, I Again, I think it's Alien versus Predator. Um, the Predator has, like, a netting that I think it's it's not quite electrified, but it... It can't be acid because they're impervious to it, but it has like some electrical or heat. Um, but once it gets on you, it basically melts through your skin. Ah, so it's a countermeasure, really. So the the predator throws one of these onto you know one of the aliens, and it makes like a crisscross pattern on its skull. Oh, okay, yep. Of course, because the alien has acid blood. Yeah, it that, melts through the netting and cuts off. But this, you know, this alien, I, I believe, is forever known as Scar, if I'm not mistaken. I wonder why the writers wrote that in. Hmm. All right, so let's get into the life cycle, shall we? Um. So the aliens, like we said, they have a system that's ruled by a queen, and the life cycle comprises of several stages um so they they do start their you know the life cycle as an egg which hatches a 
you know, a parasite, you know, kind of larval form known as a face hugger, which attaches itself to a living host to its face, which is suggested in its name, John. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to go any further than that, but yes. Um, the face hugger, and I'll say, I'll say this, impregnates the host with an embryo known as a chest burster. It's very original, I know. Well, I mean, and then really, if if you haven't seen it, you don't. I wouldn't say you need to see the whole entire thing, but if you do see that one famous scene with Sigourney Weaver and you know the rest of the crew, um, yeah, the, it's a very famous scene where the chest, you know, burster literally comes out of someone's stomach and goes, ah, you know, just starts screaming and everything, and then you're like, and they all start freaking out. So, yeah, yeah it, it's. It's quite um, disturbing. Yeah. So the, you know, after a period of gestation, it does violently erupt from the chest and it does result in the death of the host. And when the chest burster, you know, does come out, it matures in a matter of hours. It does shed its skin and, you know, it takes on different attributes as it gets into that mature phase. So like we've already mentioned it, it, you know, if it like, again, takes, if the host is a dog, it's going to have some physical attributes as right. a dog. It's going to walk on all fours. It's, you know, it's going to look a little bit different than it would if it, you know, gone into a human. Right. Or like in alien versus predator, you know, there was a predator that got the, the face hugger and it implanted the embryo and we had the, the pred alien. So it had both alien with predator characteristics and it had the mandible, you know, of, of a predator. Honestly, I... It was a wanna, weird looking thing. I was going to say, I would love to see it, but... It was a weird looking yeah. thing. All right. So we have queens. They're significantly larger. Um, from what I could gather from information, they're, they're about 15 feet tall. Okay. So let's try this again. If a predator is about, let's say, seven foot to eight feet, okay, we're adding another seven eight more feet onto that and it's like they're big yeah yeah no like that no man i mean i'm, I'm looking at <laughs> where we're recording right now i mean i can only like it's going through the the second floor yeah 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 and their body structure is also different because they have two pairs of arms there's a large set and a small set <laughs> sorry um, so they you know they do have two pairs of arms the queen's head is also larger than those of the, like the regular aliens. Let me guess. That's like I don't know, five feet long. The head. Yeah, I don't know how big the head is, but it is. You know, it's protected by you know a large flat crest like a crown, and you know the size of it and the look of it varies from queen to queen. Um, unlike other aliens, the queen's external mouth is um, separately segmented from the rest of her head, so. She can actually turn her mouth left to right to the point where it's like perpendicular to her, her entire head. So her mouth can turn a whole different direction. <laughs> that's weird. Like, yes, that's so it's many levels. Completely weird. Um, in the second film, um, unlike like you know the adults, the queen had like you know kind of these like high heel protrusions on the feet. Um, I'm not sure if they all had that. But and that was what was in Aliens. Interesting. Okay. Um, egg laying queen, egg laying alien queens possess an immense um, 
I'm going to say this, and I don't know how I even pronounce it. Ovipositor? Sure, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Attached to their lower torso, similar to a queen's termite, a queen termites. So I'm assuming that's like the big, the big lower part of a body of the body. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. It is. I mean, I would love to know more about your definition of what you think it might is, but I know that's not really something we should be talking about. But I'm just, you know, looking. Like at- I said, I think it's like the big part of the body. You know, the end part of the body. That's what I think. Anyways, okay. I might be wrong. Um, like some insect queens, there does appear no need, like I said before, for the alien queen's eggs to be fertilized. Um, so when she's attached to her ovipositor, there's a word word of the week. Word of the week, ovipositor. Ovipositor. Um, the queen is supported by a biomechanical throne. Um that consists of, you know, struts resembling like massive insect legs. So when she's kind of attached to this, you know, thing that's helping to, you know, distribute the eggs or whatever it's doing, the the queen is supported, um, you know, kind of upright, I guess, if you kind of picture it that way. Sure. I, I really don't think I can picture it that way, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. So, you know, we got the queen laying the eggs. Eggs laid by the queen are kind of these leathery objects. Um, it's between two, two or three feet high, which when I saw that, I was like, wow, I didn't even picture these things being that big. Well, apparently they're that big. Um, they have a four-lobed opening at the top, and these eggs can remain in kind of the stasis mode for years. And from what I gathered, like, it could they could remain, like, indefinitely until nearby movement is detected. So literally something can be walking right by and all of a sudden, boom, all right. And that's where, like, is if a potential host approaches, the egg's lobes unfold like flower petals, and the parasitic facehugger extracts itself from the egg and attaches itself to the potential host. I mean, it's, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it, it's pretty smart. In that regard, I mean, if it literally hears anything, I mean, as as long as it knows that something's moving, then, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's perfect. So, you know, you first have the egg. Um, the face hugger would be the second stage in this life cycle. Um, it has eight long finger-like legs, which allow it to crawl rapidly. It has a long tail uh, adapted for making giant leaps. Um, the particular appendages give it I guess an appearance similar to like horseshoe crabs. Yeah. I think they're a little I mean, bit longer than like horseshoe crabs legs are, but I mean, honestly, when I just looked at the thing, I mean, it, it, it's like a worse nightmare. They're creepy. Yes. I mean, the fact that they have the ability to jump from one, like, let's say if they went from like this side of the room to here. Yeah. I'm good, man. Like I, I if lightsabers were real, I'd be like defending myself from that thing real quick. Yeah, and it can, I mean, it can jump pretty far. I mean, if you think, you know, a predator is, you know, eight feet, and this thing crawling on the ground is, it's going to jump eight feet in the air to attach itself. I'm good. You know? Um, so the only purpose for the, for a face hugger is to make contact with, obviously, the host, the person's mouth and face. And what it basically does is 
it grips a person's face with its legs. It starts to wrap its tail around the person's neck. And then upon making contact, it administers a paralytic, basically to render the host, you know, immobile and unconscious. And from what I understood in the reading, which is the whole extra level, there's another part of the face hugger that goes into the mouth, down into the throat, into the chest area that actually implants the embryo. Yeah, no, that that just there's so many things wrong with that. Like I can't even start with one, but that is that is wrong. This is why I said a lot of what Matt and I are talking about are it is bad, man. Like this- so, the whole thing about the face hugger is like once it attaches, it actually does start like it starts breathing for the host. It, well, the yeah, the whole idea, survive. the whole idea is it needs to keep the host alive. Right. Absolutely. And. The face hugger also has acid blood. So if you try to cut it off, it's the acid blood is literally going to burn a hole in the person you're cutting it off of. Not to mention, every time you try to touch it or move it, the neck around the throat is getting tighter and tighter and tighter. So it's not one of those things that you can easily just remove once it's once it's on there and some of the research, like the the legs are so attached to the person's face, even if you were to say pull the face hugger off of somebody's face, the legs are so attached it would pull the skin completely off of the face. At that point, it almost would feel like you're also just like taking the head off of the host because if it, if it's that strong and it had you know that much of a grip. Yeah, I mean at that point, you know if you had somebody that had a face hugger, I think the kindest thing you probably could do at that point is kill him. Is to kill him because you're not going to get it off. And once the embryo is implanted, you're going to get to that next phase and you're going to have a full grown alien within hours. I agree. I mean, I hate saying it. And I mean, it depends on who, who we're talking about. But I mean, realistically, it's not an easy decision. No. But, you know, you you have a decision of, if I kill this person now, then I can prevent this embryo from living and not having an alien kill us all. Right. Or I can not kill him. The facehugger can implant the embryo. I have a full size alien that's going to kill us all, and he dies anyway. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, I I mean, I agree with you. I mean, if that's the case, then yeah. sorry, bud, you're you're dead. Um. So, once the you know once the embryo is implanted. The face hugger will remain attached until, you know, the embryo is implanted. And once every, you know, once that happens, it basically detaches, it crawls away and dies. You know, it's kind of mission successful. It has no other purpose. It, it dies. Well, it, it's almost like, it's like you look at a bee, right? It's like it uses its stingers once. Well, all right, it's done. Like, that's it. I mean, yeah. it's the truth. I mean, that's kind of like... The, it has no like, other purpose other than implanting the embryo. Once it, once it implants that embryo, it, it dies. It has no other purpose. And when the victim, unfortunately, you know, wakes up, he has no idea what, you know, what had occurred. Um, they appear healthy, normal. You know, there's no indication of anything happening to him. So there's generally, like, an alien... 
you know, that pretty famous scene, like they do a whole medical checkup and he passes. Right. And no one knew. And nobody knows. Until all of a sudden you just see this thing like. Until he starts eating and then he's like starting to, you know, feel something. and Like moving around and yeah. Yeah. Um, so the last, you know, the very last and third, you know, life cycle is the chest burster. So after the, you know, the facehugger dies and the embryo is implanted, um, the host will show, you know, no negative symptoms. They'll have some kind of degree of amnesia. Um, symptoms will build, you know, acutely as the embryo kind of grows inside. You know, they'll, you know, sore throat, slight nausea. Um, it's usually like somewhere between that one hour to 24 hours. And the embryo, you know, the chest burster at one point will violently emerge from the person's chest, which obviously we see in several movies. It's, it's not a pretty scene. No. And <laughs> it, it, it's so, like I said, it is so disturbing that it's like, if you're, I'm going to just say this, if like you are like just a lightweight when it comes to like, watching blood and stuff like that, especially if like you were eating dinner or something like that, I I wouldn't advise to eat dinner and then watch this movie while you're doing it. Yeah. And what's interesting is like over the years, they actually did change the way that it looks um, where I believe the very first, you know, iteration of the chest burster had more of like kind of a, a tail and little arms. And I think later on they actually gave it, you know, legs and more of like a creature, like alien looking. Um, Sorry. They gave it more of an alien looking feature than what was originally created, um, which was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, because it looked more like a worm when it first, you know, came out and it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, kind of slithering away. And I think the newer versions actually had, le- you know, it had more of a creature, you know, it, it's like the it's like a mini me of like the the actual alien itself. But like you were saying, like if I can remember correctly, like the first time you actually see a chestburster, like in the in the actual film, it doesn't even it, it. I mean, yeah, like you said, it looks like a worm. It doesn't really do anything up until you know it it comes out or whatever. But you know the fact that they've changed it and they said, okay, you know what, we're gonna make it like a like a mini version of an alien, like, but it's slowly maturing and, and growing in a sense within a matter of like a day. Yeah. It's in a matter of hours and yeah, hours, you know, it, what they say is like, it it will usually try to go and hide. So you won't, you won't see it until it fully matures. Right. And then that's where it's going to come out and, and it'll, you know, it'll, it'll shed the skin kind of, I guess, like, a, like a reptile would, you know, it'll shed the outer skin and, you know, emerge as a full adult. And that's kind of where, you know, depending on the host, you'll have those different types where humans like to walk on two, two legs, you know, some kind of an, an animal that might be on all fours, you know, if they, and I don't know how a face hugger would attach to a bird, but if it did, you would probably have an alien that flu I mean, which would be creepy and no I, scary right but all at the same time the problem is is i don't even know where to begin with that but like it almost like you'd have to like in, basically impregnate like different animals and like they somehow like start mating 
like the aliens that were doing that like had to mate or like the I don't know. I don't know how that would work, but like it would just be weird because like, at one point that hopefully maybe you know they'd have this like ultimate genetic material, but even then it's not going to make any sense because if you know the eggs are or no sorry the yeah you know what keep going i don't know it's just it's a weird concept i i just think it'd be really weird if you started yeah. like in pregnant i mean they don't really make it i guess like the queen just lays the eggs but well right but that's my point it's it's kind of you're just gonna have like a bunch of weird misfits of different aliens just just with different attributes that are just you know so bizarre like like you said like a, a bird like or an eagle or something like or a rhino you know, like uh, no, no, no. That'd be weird. <laughs> I mean, you never know, right? But okay. typically, you know, when you see the, you know, the alien or aliens movies, you know, they're they took over an entire colony. So you you had hundreds of these aliens, and when you see them crawling in like the air ducts, I mean, they literally look like ants. I mean, they're bigger than ants, but you, that similar analogy works because they're literally crawling on each other crawling all over the place and it's creepy as heck. And I cannot imagine like, you know, you're, we need to look up there to see if that's where they are. And you peek your head in, in, in the air duct and you literally see like a few hundred of these aliens crawling, like as fast as they can crawl all over each other towards you. Nope. No, thanks. See ya. Goodbye. <laughs> it's more like, a uh, few grenades, and I run away, <laughs> or just like, like, all right, we need a nuclear bomb at this one location. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to be around them, but yeah, 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 they're definitely creepy, you know. And the chestburster, obviously, you know, the f the very fourth part of that life cycle is, you know, the adult alien, which we've already talked about. So that's, you know, the complete life cycle, and that goes back to the queen, and they just keep repeating that cycle and. You know, AVP was it was more you know the predator actually set up a system where it would lure humans in, and I mean back in the you know Mayan days, people would actually sacrifice themselves so that the predators could have that hunt, and that was like the whole thing with Alien versus Predator. Humans would give up themselves so that they could be basically impregnated by these aliens so that predators could have this rite of passage so they would send the unblooded to this this place so weird i mean like that's like it's like almost they worship the predators like gods well but yeah but i was gonna say it's like it's like almost for them like they're worshiping the whole concept of reincarnation like they're just like okay you know what yes i'm a human i'm going to sacrifice myself and now i'm going to be a you know an alien and then and it's just like this vicious cycle of like... And I think that that's probably where it went bad is they probably sent a couple of unblooded to do that. And they probably failed miserably. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the aliens probably like took over and, you know, now it's kind of dormant. And, you know, we have the, you know, start of Alien versus Predator where we have a bunch of humans coming in and we have all these eggs. You know, because now they grab the weapons from the predators that were killed off. Mm, okay. Yeah. And it starts that cycle of, you know, the the eggs going down on those platforms, which, you know, the people would lay on. And 
once they laid on the platforms, the face huggers would come out and go on their faces and start the cycle, which the people in that movie started the whole cycle all over again. So, you know, it, they just create their own chaos. That's literally what it is. They don't, they don't learn from their mistakes. They just say, you know what, we're just going to keep doing it. We're just going to keep letting this happen and keep, you know, creating this vicious cycle. And, you know, we're just whatever, you know, just let them kill each yeah. other. Let them do whatever. I mean, a flamethrower works just as well, too. But yeah. <laughs> so some of the movies, we'll go through them. Um, you know, Alien, Aliens. Those are kind of the two original movies. Uh, Alien came out in 79, which is my birth year, obviously. What would? Um, Aliens came out in 86. Um, Alien 3 came out in 92. Cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, Alien Resurrection came out in 97. Okay. Yeah. Getting yeah. better. Uh, we already kind of talked about AVP and AVPR, which was 04 and 07. Um, and then you have the two kind of prequels, which was Prometheus. So that was the one I was thinking of, but yeah. Uh, came out in 2012, and then Alien Covenant, uh, 2017. Hmm. Yeah, because I know, I didn't understand the prequel for uh, for Aliens, the, the whole Prometheus. I didn't actually even know it was <laughs> even part of the, the, the franchise, because it was just, you know, all of a sudden they made the movie, and I'm like, like, I saw, like, little previews of it, whatever, and I'm just like, okay, this is a weird movie or whatever, and then I heard about it being a prequel for Alien, and I'm like, what? I mean, like, when I'm looking at this person, and I'm looking at the Alien, or, like, Aliens, I'm like, how does that make any sense? I'm like, yeah, they look I, totally I don't different. think that they did a really good job with it, but, yeah, I mean, Alien Covenant did a little bit of a better job kind of closing the gap of it, because by the, you know, by the end of the movie, they got closer to you seeing, you know, the alien, you know, a closer version of the alien that we were more, you know, most likely seeing. I mean, but, you look at Prometheus, though, from, I mean, I'm granted, I'm looking at previews, but th the being that I saw was like, it was almost like human. But I mean, really pale white skin and, and like, but really humanistic, like, features and everything else. And, you know, it, it seemed like they actually could talk, you know, like normal and everything so it's like i was like what the heck does that have to do with you know aliens but unless that's like their first version of themselves and then they became you know the aliens that we see you know today and and, and even back then that's my guess again i haven't seen it so i wouldn't know but that that would be my guess of what they their evolution became yeah i mean they're very interesting movies but i mean nothing to me will ever you know beat aliens like I think to me that that's kind of the pinnacle of of alien movies, unless they you know like I know that they're making one currently. Are they rebooting it? Um, I think it's a prequel. How many prequels are they gonna do? I don't know. And I just hope that they do it justice. But like you know, like we said in Predator, you know, the Predator episode, you know, again, I I do think you know rebooting the franchise might do it some justice, but. You know, I don't think rebooting the whole franchise, like, yes, definitely, you know, Aliens 3 and Resurrections can can go. Like, those movies can can just go. Like, they can, they can go. But I keep telling you that if it really is going to depend on how Disney's going to do it, as well as who's going to be directing these movies. And, yes, I totally get, I totally get that. And, 
you know, yes, they are making one. And like I said, I I hope I hope that it's going to be a good movie. But you know, where does hope in the situation? But yeah, you know, who at this point, who knows? And, to, and, and you know, until it actually comes out, you know, we don't know. No, of course, we're not going to know. And I know we're not going to know, like, the rating of the, the movies or anything like that. But, I mean, if these movies were rated R, then they probably should just continue that way instead of making it kid-friendly. Because these are not kid-friendly movies to begin with. So, you know, I understand Disney wants to keep buying out certain things. But, like, you really need to put a line between what is kid-friendly and what is not. Because if they keep buying other, you know, movie production studios and or like companies and things of that nature, like, or, or just simple companies in general that are known to have, you know, explicit content, Disney's going to have to make sure like, hey, guess what? We're kid friendly, but we're, we do offer, you know, these things as well. And so we shouldn't, you know, advise you to basically have your kids watch this because that's not something they should be watching at that age. But again. I know. It, yeah. it really just depends on how they do it. It really depends. I mean, that's it. That's what we got for you for this episode. One of the things that we do strive for on this podcast is excellence. And, you know, one of the, you know, important things that we need in order to be the best that we can be is your feedback. So, you know, in the description of every episode, you know, we have a link tree link that has our social media links it has our website it also has you know links to everywhere our podcast is posted so you know why do i mention that because we want you guys to reach out to us we want you guys to give us feedback we you know those of you who have listened to every episode or maybe you've only listened to seven episodes you might be listening and going, man, I really wish they would talk about blank. Send us that thought. We really, we really do want to know like, what you're thinking of. Because we may do that as, a, as an episode. You know, We want your feedback, whether it's good or bad. Hopefully it's appropriate. But we really do want that feedback. Because we can't grow unless we know what we're doing wrong or good. So click on the link tree. Send us a message, give us some feedback, and we'll see you next week. And as always, stay geeky. geeky.